0: We're going to go into uh, today's scripture reading today, which is uh, Philippians chapter 4. We're going to read verses 4 through 9 in the ESV. And uh, there are Bibles uh, underneath your seats. Uh, If you have your own uh, Bible or Bible app, you can look it up there. We encourage you to also look it up if you're uh, with us at home. And uh, uh, if you're here in person or if you feel comfortable doing this at home as well, if you could please stand as able for the reading of God's word. Again, that's Philippians chapter four, verses four through nine. May the Lord bless the reading of God's word for us today. I'll give you guys a moment. All right. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Whatever is lovely, whatever whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. All right. Well, it's so good to be here with you guys this morning. Uh, today's message is... Uh, it's in our sermon series, Life Period. Today's message is with you. And um, yeah, you know, I, I kind of like that I get to share with you this morning. Uh, I, I think, obviously, you've noticed uh, my, my, uh, my arm and <laughs> what's going on over here, because um, a lot of this uh, sermon series is all about how our faith intersects with life, right? Everyday stuff. This is, this is life, right? <laughs> this is everyday stuff. And uh, so... You know, today's message, um, the passage we read is uh, probably a really well-worn one, but I'm going to kind of uh, uh, overlay on this message what happened to me yesterday. So it says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Again, sounds great. But what does the word always mean? Always? Always? Well, let, let me tell you about what happened to me yesterday. So um, yesterday morning, I went to walk my dog, as I, I normally do. And, uh, you know, for those who are uh, here in Michigan, you know that we've had a lot of snow, a lot of ice, and a lot of it melted <laughs> on Friday. And then yesterday, it just froze. It, it all froze. And um, I, was, I was coming out of uh, our house, and I was walking down our driveway. It's kind of sloped a little bit. And I was being really careful, because you could see, like, kind of the frost, and I don't know why, because I had boots on and everything, and I was like, "Oh, okay, it's like it's a little slippery, but you know, I can handle it." But I got to the sidewalk, right, just the, right off of the driveway. Got to the sidewalk, took one step, and no traction. Just it was like, like if you guys ever seen like Looney Tunes, like the banana peel. That's that's what it was. It was just, whew! and there was like no time to catch myself or anything. Just I was down on the ground, right, and immediately in agony. And I, I just knew that my my wrist was busted, um, it, it's broken, and um, you know. But I was uh, I was screaming, and <laughs> my my dog, um, I love my dog, but my dog failed me. I, I so like I'm on the ground and I'm in agony, <laughs> and I think he was scared, right? Because I'm yelling, um, and so he ran away from me. Like someone told me that, like, like their mom fell on the ice and she was okay, but their dog came over and like licked her face. It's like, dude, where are you lucky? Like, what the heck? Now, now, to be fair, there have been times like, like I actually went through a time of uh, I was having like very severe panic attacks. My dog, to his credit, would come over like while I was having a panic attack and just kind of like nestle in next to me. And I, I mention all of this because I got to tell you. For that, like, couple minutes that I was on the ice, and my dog had abandoned me, and, like, there's no one around, no one there to hear me (laughs) scream, it was pretty lonely. It was pretty lonely, I'm not going to lie. And um, that's a hard situation to rejoice. And then uh, we went to, my wife took me to Urgent Care. It was a long day yesterday, like she mentioned. Uh, We went to Urgent Care first and they took x-rays, and they're like, you know, your, your, uh, <laughs> your wrist is broken, which um, I was wearing a sweatshirt, and we didn't take it off, but when I took it off at the urgent care, I was like, yeah, it's broken. It's <laughs> it looks like a Looney Tunes cartoon. It was like, like, like uh, yeah, I'm not, not going to go into any more detail. Some of you guys are like, <laughs> but But, uh, you know, one of the things at the urgent care was, um, uh, first of all, uh, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> we, when, when I went back there, um, because of like COVID protocols, they didn't let anyone else go back with me. So again, I'm sitting there in pain and it was, it was agony. It was so hard. And a lot of what made it hard was that I was by myself. So fortunately, when we went to the emergency room, because uh, they're like, yeah, it's broken. You're going to need to go to the emergency room. So we did. And we had to wait like eight hours. But my wife was there and it made it so much better. Um, And it made all the difference in the world. Um, There's this other verse here. It says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. And actually, the Greek word for reasonableness is actually gentleness. Be known to everyone. And I got to tell you, so we were at the urgent care. And actually, when we got back there, the people who were taking care of me, uh, the doctors, the nurses, they were excellent. They are so good, so compassionate. They're like, hey, are you okay? And the front desk was a little bit of a different story like like we went to uh so like I'm obviously in pain I'm like "Ah, ah," I'm like making noises right because I'm in pain and they're like uh you got to fill out this paperwork Mm -hmm. I've never seen so much paperwork like it was like 10 minutes like I didn't want to say anything my wife was doing the best she could you know she had to like do it in her phone and I think the internet was slow and you know (laughs) and I'm just like I wanted to yell at someone. I really, really wanted to yell at someone. And then when Aaron was done, they were talking to someone else, you know, and it was like about payment or something. And I don't know, maybe they were in pain, but they didn't look like they were in pain. They were like talking very nicely. And I'm just like, could you help me? (laughs) Like I wanted to scream, I didn't do it. I didn't do it, but I didn't want to be reasonable. Why am I mentioning all this? Other than it's just kind of a funny story. Friends, this is where we intersect with real life, right? Again, it's great to say rejoice, but when you are in pain, (laughs) when things are really tough, and maybe, you know, at least for me, this is an acute thing, right? Like, I have this injury, you know, I'll get it healed, it'll be fine. But what if you are going through a season that isn't fixed easily by a trip to the emergency room? What if it's something that you cannot fix and you are just going through this really dark place. And what if it's not just a few minutes that you're by yourself, uh, you you know, uh, waiting for care, but maybe it's months that you're by yourself. I think for a lot of us, you know, during COVID, it's kind of the thing. I, I know it's not the same as when we were all under quarantine and lockdown, but for a lot of people, we really found out what loneliness looks like, right? And maybe there's some of us that were like, you know, COVID, this is actually kind of great. Like, cause I kind of like, don't like being around people. Like this is my time to shine. Some of you introverts were like, yes, (laughs) I don't have to see anybody. But even for the introverts, cause cause I'm an introvert, you know? And and in the beginning I was like, yeah, this is fine. I'll pick up some new hobbies, no big deal. But after a while you're like, this is ridiculous. I need to have some human interaction. I need to see someone, not my family, right? I want to point out, friends, that when we are talking about rejoicing in the Lord, always, the operative word is actually not rejoice. The operative word is actually not always. Because if you just say rejoice always, you would say, okay, that sounds great, but that's impossible. You can't do that. The operative word or phrase, I should say, is in the Lord right? I mean, Paul had been through so much. We think that Paul actually was writing Philippians while he was in imprisonment. And so he's not just writing fluff, guys. When he's saying, rejoice, 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 he just keeps saying it again and again in Philippians. A lot of people call Philippians the letter of joy. But he was writing this while he was in chains. And there's not many of us that would think of that as a situation where you can rejoice. But for Paul, the reason why he can rejoice is because the Lord is with him. So again, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. You know, in that situation, like like being like really calm, (laughs) really gentle, really humble, who in the world can do that when you're in pain, right? When other people are moving slowly and you're like, come on, come on, like, like, I need, I need help. I, I, I'm hurting. I'm bleeding. I'm lonely. But again, friends, what does it say? Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. You might remember, if you guys have been here uh, for some of our messages, where we're talking about the kingdom of God. And what I've been telling uh, 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 folks pretty much every time I preach on the kingdom of God is Jesus' message, his primary message, his good news, is the kingdom of God is at hand. Now, the kingdom of God is the idea that God is in control, right? God is the king. And anywhere where it's the kingdom, that's where God is in control. And no Jewish person would have doubted the kingdom of God. What was Jesus' message about? There's nothing new. If he just says, there's a kingdom and God is the king. Every Jewish person would be like, duh, we already believe that. What was new about his message is that it is at hand. What that means, actually, literally, it means it has arrived. It's here and now. That is what's different. Because most people assume the kingdom of God is coming later, right? There's got to be all these things that change in our circumstance, You know, for a lot of the Jewish people, it was like a political kingdom that they have to come and they have to overthrow their enemies. They have to overthrow the Romans and they have to be in power. And once they're in power, the kingdom of God can come. And for a lot of Christians, we assume that the kingdom of God is coming after you die. The kingdom of God has become a synonym for heaven. And so you hear all the stuff that Jesus is saying and it does not touch your life. It doesn't change your life at all. Because the assumption you are making, whether consciously or subconsciously, is that the only thing that matters when it comes to the kingdom of God is the life after this one. But that's not Jesus' message. He's coming to be the king now. And so the kingdom of God is as close as my right hand. It's as close as my left hand, but I'm kind of mad at this hand right now, so we're not gonna mention it. The kingdom of God is right here here it's here you can touch it you can see it in some ways that's what Jesus is saying and that's radical because if that's the message then for many of us we'd be like yeah but pastor Steve I don't see it I don't feel like it's super close right and and I I like this passage because it's a little slight different take on the kingdom of God because Paul just comes out and says very clearly Uh, Instead of saying the kingdom is here, and you think it's just this kind of like weird concept that you can't really, you know, think of in concrete terms. But he just says at the end of verse five, the Lord is at hand. Why can we rejoice? Why can we be reasonable and gentle Christians? Why can we then, you know, it's full colon. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. Why can you, how can anyone not be anxious? Friends, I've shared with you before that I had an anxiety disorder. It was horrible. Couldn't sleep. I, I felt like I was gonna die because when I was getting these panic attacks, I felt like I couldn't breathe. And it, 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 just, it, it just kept like, you know, because I felt like I couldn't breathe, one of the things that your body does is that... Um, your breathing gets more labored when you're feeling under threat. And so my breathing would get more labored and then I would get more afraid and more anxious and then my breathing would get even more labored. And this would be happening pretty much like the entire day. and It would be happening at night. And anytime I would try to fall asleep, my body would keep waking itself up and it was agony. It was agony. Friends, I don't know about you, but maybe there's some of you that have been suffering through anxiety suffering through depression. And I'm sharing this with you because this happened to me about three years ago. This didn't happen 30 years ago. This happened, I'm the pastor at LGM. I've been serving here for, at that point, a good 15 years, right? I'm not somebody who doesn't know the gospel. I'm not someone who doesn't know the Bible. But this reality that the Lord is right here, at least in that moment when I was really, really afraid. It it, it just wasn't the reality for me right then and there. In some ways, I mean, I'm I'm not telling you that I was like writhing on the ground in, in total agony when I shattered my wrist and I'm sitting there and I'm like, the Lord is here, this is fine. I'm like, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. No, I was screaming, guys. It wasn't easy. I'm there in the car and, you know, Erin's trying really hard to get me there, but she has this balance because it's Michigan and there's lots of potholes And every pothole we hit. It was agony. I would start screaming again, and you know she's like, "Sorry, sorry, sorry." I'm like, "It's okay, it's okay. Let's just get there." <laughs> and you know that whole time I'm like, the Lord, "The Lord is with me. The 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 Lord is with me." It wasn't perfect, friends, but the more that that can be a reality for me, the more that that can be a reality for you, the more you can truly. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Friends, I I, want to ask you, do you want this to be a reality for you? That God is with you, like the air that we breathe? I got to tell you, um, there's this other time that I was... um, uh, uh, had to go to actually the very same urgent care. This is the second time I've been to this urgent care. And the first time, um, this was about six years ago, we're moving a new refrigerator into our house. And uh, Kevin Chung, some of you guys might know him, he's our trustee, uh, he he was helping us move this uh, uh, refrigerator into our house, but it's super heavy. And so we had to let it down for a second. And I didn't quite move my finger quickly enough and my finger got crushed underneath the, the refrigerator. Some of you who are kind of squeamish, you're like, what the heck, Pastor Steve? <laughs> I'm really, really sorry if you're kind of squeamish. But, you know, I got to tell you, it was, it was really painful, obviously, right? Getting your finger crushed by a refrigerator. But I don't remember it being nearly as painful as the wrist. And I think part of the reason, so, um, you know, our, our kids were, were quite small at the time, so Aaron needed to stay with the kids. But uh, Kevin drove me to urgent care and they didn't have the COVID stuff back then. And so they let him back there. And the whole time, uh, he's just cracking jokes. He's making me laugh, right? The whole time, we're, we're just there together. And I don't remember the pain. Friends, when you are with somebody who loves you, and somebody who you love, just a lot of the things that you face are so much easier. Don't we know that, Right? And one of the most dangerous human conditions, I think, is loneliness. You know, we know that from COVID. And maybe you know that in your life. And this is the thing. There are some of us who are surrounded by people and you're still lonely. I talk about this sometimes that uh, when I was in college, I did a year of, um, uh, of uh, study in Korea. And Korea is like, one of the densest cities in the world. You're always surrounded by people. But it was one of the loneliest times in my life. Maybe for you, you might be surrounded by people, but you're still lonely, right? Maybe some of you during COVID, you actually felt really loved and you didn't feel lonely. And maybe that now that we're out of, well, we're not completely out of it, of course, right? But now that you actually can see, see some people, maybe you put all your eggs in that basket. You're like, wow, this was supposed to make everything better. Why am I still lonely? Right? Friends, loneliness is a spiritual condition. And for the Christian, we do not depend on whether or not somebody is there with you. You know, definitely, if someone's there with you, it can help right? But you got to know that that person is, is actually there with you and for you and on your side that that person cares about you, right? I mean, okay, this is kind of messed up. But let's say uh, Kevin uh, was somebody that didn't really care about me. But he just happened to be the one who took me to the urgent care when my finger got crushed. And the whole time, man, it's just uncomfortable silence. Or he's like making fun of me like, whoa, what kind of idiot gets his finger crushed by refrigerator?" that wouldn't be that comforting, right? It's not necessarily that people are with you, but it's that people are with you. (laughs) Do you guys get that? It's not just that people are with you. It's that people are with you, right? They love you. They're on your side. When Jesus says um, the kingdom of God is at hand, the reign of God is here. When Paul says the Lord is at hand, he means that this is a God who is in control of the entire universe and he loves you and he's closer than the air that you breathe. He's a reality, right? And you can know that. You can know that for yourself. And so then it talks about in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So I want to talk about, friends, how can we have this with God life? That's really what makes all the difference in the world, right? Not what you do, right? I mean, there's so many things you can do. You you can, you know, work at your job. You can have a family. You can even serve at church. But I'm telling you, it's, it's not gonna have the same amount of joy. It's not gonna have the same amount of meaning. Lives aren't going to be changed in the same way if it's done without God. The life we are trying to live is a with God life. And so, you know, I'm just going to give you, and and this is very basic stuff, friends, but I'm mentioning this to you because if you are somebody who feels lonely, if you are somebody who struggles to know that God is there, and the, the four things that I'm going to list, they're obvious things, but they're so obvious that I think, I'm just going to be honest, I think most Christians don't do them. Maybe not all of them. Maybe there's one you really like and you're like, yeah, that's the one for me. But I'm telling you, you need all four. If you do all four, this is the with God life, right? So you guys ready? The first one, it's already there. In everything by prayer and supplication. In everything by what? Prayer. You gotta pray. That's the first thing. This is the cornerstone of the with God life. And for me, my prayer life is not always what I say to God, asking God for stuff, but it's also taking the moment to give God room to be in my life. Because this is the thing. There are many of us, friends, who are not hurting for time, right? Or, I mean, sorry, I shouldn't say hurting for time. Hurting for things to fill your time. You actually are hurting for time because so many of us were like, man, I, I just don't have time. You know, there's a lot of people that when we start talking about this, and the first thing that's going to come to your mind when we talk about all these different spiritual practices that you can do is like, yeah, I don't have time for that. I'm not going to do that, right? You've got to make time. You've got to make room for God. Why are you lonely? Why are you anxious? Why are you worried? There's something in your life that is not counteracting that. You don't have the remedy yet. So whatever you're doing right now is not fully working. It might be working a little bit, but not fully working, right? And so friends, if we say that we don't have room for God, what are we saying? It's like if somebody had the cure for some terrible disease and it's right here and you're like, yeah, I don't have time to take that, right? The cure is here. God is here. What he needs is a little bit of your time. He needs space. Now, I know sometimes in the praise songs and you know when we talk about it in in Christian terms, sometimes we're like, well, doesn't God need all the time? Like, slow down, calm down, right? You know, definitely your whole life should be about God, but let's be honest, it's not. And for many of us, very little of our lives are about God. And so don't start saying like, well, I have to dedicate every single waking moment to God. Can you just give one moment to God? You know, like maybe you can't pray for an hour. Can you pray for five minutes? This is what I do when I start people off, when I'm trying to help people to learn how to pray and how to pray in a way where you are making room for God. And so a lot of this is silence. You are still in the presence of God. It's very simple. Just find a place where you can sit comfortably, not too comfortably because you're going to fall asleep, right? But maybe just like you all are sitting now, right? Your, your, Your back is straight. You know, you're in a comfortable place Um, and, And just close your eyes and just say Jesus. And just be. What are you doing? What are you saying? Nothing. Just give room for God. What are you feeling? You may not feel anything. I don't always feel like God is talking to me. But this practice is about clearing room in your life. Right? It's about submission, saying God for the next five minutes, it's yours. Even if you don't say anything. Even if you don't do anything, even if I don't get some great revelation, because I'm not God, for five minutes, I'm stepping off the throne of my life, right, where I'm always in control, and I'm giving it to you absolutely unconditionally. If you can increase that time, a lot of the people that I've read and and just in my own practice, about 20 minutes of that is ideal, but you may not be ready for that. Maybe five minutes is too much. I've, I've worked with some people and they've tried five minutes and it was too long. Do two minutes. Seriously, can't you do just about anything for two minutes, right? Like I've stared at the wall for more than two minutes, right? Can you just give two minutes to God to just clear that room, right? So first thing, prayer, right? Second thing, uh, I, I know, I mean, you can almost say it with me. It's really, really obvious, friends, but it's scripture, right? Because I think a lot of us, we don't read scripture, at least not enough, in, in, in the sense of like, like I, I'm not saying this in a legalistic way, but one of the best ways to know that God is with you is to hear it for yourself, right? You read this passage, uh, Philippians 4, 4 through 9, Actually, I, got, I have to be honest with you guys. Uh, so it, it, it kind of turned out that um, this was the passage I was going to preach on. But this is also the passage that I meditate on every night. And so before I go to bed, um, I, it, this is not a great practice for me in the sense that I'm still learning how to do it. So don't get it twisted. I'm not amazing at memorizing scripture by any means. But I felt convicted in my life uh, to take up this practice again. I was doing it pre-pandemic, and then during the pandemic, it's funny because I, I should have more time than anything, but I stopped my, my scripture meditation and memorization practice, right? Which just goes to show you, it's not always about time. I had the time just for whatever reason. Uh, I didn't want to spend it reading and memorizing scripture. But lately I've been, you know, I, I sit down with, with, uh, um, with, with, with a, a mug of tea, and in the time that it takes me to drink that tea, I just read the scripture over and over again. And I try to memorize it, but I don't have any specific goal. It's just about getting the word of God in you, right? And, and you know, whatever you hear in repetition, right? Maybe some of you have like listened to a song over and over again. And when someone says something, like yesterday, uh, or was it this morning? I can't remember. But Aaron said, we don't talk about something someone said we don't talk about something and just instantly my brain started playing the song we don't talk about bruno right instantly there's no thought why 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 because we don't talk about bruno was already in there right there might be a time where you are anxious And maybe, just out of nowhere, the word of God, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. That's only going to happen if it's already in there. You gotta get it in there. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand. Rejoice in the Lord. Always, again, I will say rejoice. It's gonna come to mind. God will use that word in the right season, at the right timing, but it's gotta be in there, Right? so, friends, you know, maybe some of y'all, this is a longer message, uh, you know, to talk about Scripture. So I'm not going to go into detail. But I will say this, friends. This is an open invitation. If you want to talk to me, because I'm somebody who, as a pastor, I've had to read Scripture um, for my job, right? For Bible studies, for sermons. But really, in the last six or seven years, I've learned to enjoy it. I didn't before. I read it because I was supposed to but I've really learned to love the word of God. And if you want to learn how to do that, friends, well, I mean, you know, it's going to probably be through practice, but I want to encourage you, please, 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 please fight for that. Because it is one of the most valuable tools for you to know that you're not alone. You got to get that scripture in there. Amen. Last thing. Uh, Oh, sorry. Second to last. There's there's four things. So the second last thing is worship. Right. And so it talks about and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So there it is again. Right. The peace of God. Right, that goes beyond understanding. It may not make any sense for somebody whose wrist has been crushed to be praising God. It may not make any sense for somebody who it looks like they have no friends and yet they feel so content and they feel that peace and they feel like, like, like they're surrounded with love. That may make no sense to the world. It surpasses all understanding. But this is what we can have when the presence of God is with us, guarding our hearts, and our minds in Christ Jesus. And it says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And friends, this is, I think, where praise comes in because so much of praise is about declaring what is true, what is honorable, what is just, what is pure, what is lovely, what is excellent, what is worthy of praise. I mean, it says that right there, right? That we are declaring that God is worthy of praise. And so friend, in your friends in your worship, in your worship, it's not just songs. But, you know, we already mentioned that we don't talk about Bruno thing, right? Songs are just kind of infectious, you know? They, they, they just, they're, they're fun to sing, right? And so, hey, if you can make your praise to God a song, then do it, enjoy it, right? Sing lots of praise, listen to lots of praise, on your way, uh, you know, to and from school, on your way to work, you know, before you go to bed. I used to listen on repeat to Living Hope, um, I think we sang that song a couple weeks ago um, when I was going through my anxiety stuff. And sometimes I would just fall asleep, you know, eventually, right? I had such a hard time falling asleep. Sometimes I would just fall asleep with living hope. You know, God, you are my living hope, right? That not even the grave could conquer this kind of love, right? And I'm just just filled with those praises as I fall asleep at night. And friends, you know, it's not just the songs, The songs can be great, but in everything you do, can you look for things to praise God for? Because so many of us, friends, we feel so alone and we feel like this world is just random and crappy because everything you see, you see it as random and crappy. And your mind is filled with this world that you see as being this just really negative, terrible place. We're always complaining we're always just worried. We're always looking at things. We're like, man, my job. I hate my job. I hate my job. Why do I have to take this stupid class? None of this makes sense. Or you're just sitting there and you're like, what? when can this be over? When can this be over? Can you just for a moment, I know we talked about this a few weeks back, where we said the only place where God is, is right now. He is the great I am. <laughs> That's his name. I am here with you right now. And you can encounter this God who is I am, who is right now in everything you do, in everything you do. And so maybe, friends, for a moment, when you are, you know, in that job you hate or going through that class that is just boring you to tears, is there something you can be thankful for? Is there one thing you can look at and you can say, this is good? There's sometimes I'm really bored or whatever, and it'll just be, I just look at a spot on the wall, and there's like a different color. I don't know. (laughs) You know, there's just a thing of paint, and I'm like, that's good. I know it sounds so weird. It sounds so funny, but friends, just in whatever moment you're in, to just appreciate, to just appreciate. You don't have to fully understand it, but just just say, it's good. It's good. It's good. You know, it, it, it may seem harder to do when you're in Michigan and, you know, everything seems dead around you. But, you know, I, I've mentioned this before that I think ice, I don't know if this seems too soon. I, I know, I'm the one talking about it, so it's not too soon. It's fine, guys. It's fine. Ice can be really beautiful. <laughs> it can be. Do you ever see sun hit ice? It's like diamonds. It's beautiful. There's so much beauty. There's so many lovely things. There are so many excellent things. And for a moment, don't look for it in the sense where you're trying to manufacture it. Just know that it's already there and it will show up. I know that sounds kind of weird, but if you're in the mind space where you're like, God, I know you're here, he will show you what is lovely. Does that make sense? He will show you what is praiseworthy and then praise him for it, right? You may not feel the presence of God, at that moment as you're doing it. But I promise you, the more you learn to praise God for those everyday things that so often you would just pass by. Maybe you're sitting there in traffic and you're fighting it. You're like, I hate traffic. I hate traffic. When is this gonna be over? Maybe you can just be like, I don't know. Maybe the thing that'll come to you is, God, thank you that I have some time to think. Thank you that you're slowing me down. Right? And praise God for it. And I promise you, the more you'll do that, the more you'll experience this God of peace who is with you. And the last thing is fellowship. I already mentioned that so much of what made my time more enjoyable when I'm sitting there in agony is someone else there with me. Friends, this is why Christianity is not a solo sport. This is why we need the church because For all of us, friends, you know, we we talk about these things, prayer, scripture, worship, these are all good, right? But fellowship is so important because for many of us, we cannot see God. We cannot touch God. We cannot feel his love yet. But you can see another person. You can touch another person. You can hear another person. And we can be signs of God's presence to one another. This is what the church is supposed to be, right? And friends, you know, again, it's not just about people being around each other, right? Because people can be really cruel. But people who are learning that God is there and learning to bless other people as they've been blessed. If you have been in a community like that, where people are being nice to you, where people are, are, are extending friendship to you, where people are blessing you, and there's no agenda there. They don't want anything in return, right? It's kind of weird, actually. The world looks at like that, and it's very suspicious. Like, why would anyone do that? We do that because we believe that this is how we manifest the love of God, right? We experience God's love, and then we show it to other people, right? We make real, Uh, at least tangible, I mean, it's already real, but we make tangible what is real in our lives already. And as you do that, then it just spreads to other people, friends. This is what we're here to do, right? This is why I say, you know, when we come to church, I'm not interested in just, you know, preaching a message that's gonna make you feel good, right? I mean, you can go to YouTube, I'm sure there's lots of inspirational stuff there. I'm not interested in just singing songs that, that kind of like are catchy or whatever, Again, you, you got the internet. There's every catchy song. You, know? you, you can listen to all of them. You got Spotify, right? You got all this stuff. What I'm interested in, friends, is when people come to church, this is my passion, guys. This is my obsession. Is when you come to church, you feel a little less lonely than you did before. And, and I want to invite you, friends, You know, in this journey that we're in as LGM, I would want that to be our heart. I want to feel a little less lonely because I feel and experience the presence of God. But guys, all this stuff you can do on your own, prayer, scripture, and worship, you can do that in your room. The one thing you can't do by yourself, at least not perfectly, I know we got Zoom, but Come on, guys. Zoom is going to run its course, right? (laughs) You know, like like maybe for some of you, you're like, Pastor Steve, already there, right? Already so over Zoom. You know, don't get me wrong. There are ways we can fellowship digitally. You know, praise God that we had those ways of connecting with people. But in many ways, we cannot replace this in-person type of stuff, right? We can't replace actual real community and being with one another. And I would hope and I would invite you to be in a kind of community where our heart and our prayer, every time we step through those doors, is I want people to know that they're not alone. Friends, would you pray with me? Let's just take a moment. And and maybe we can just, I I know we've done this before, but just take a moment to just be still before God. And again, just to, to say the name Jesus. Jesus. and Just be still. I want to speak an encouragement over you guys as you're just being still in this moment. God is with you and he loves you. You are not alone. You are not alone. You were never alone. You will never be alone. God loves you. You are not alone. You are not alone. You are not alone, brothers and sisters. God is with you in your darkest moments, in those moments where everyone else lets you down. The Spirit of Christ is always with you. He is at hand. He is closer than the air you breathe. Will you let him in? Will you welcome him? Will you seek and desire for more of him and more of his presence? That's the life we're after. Praise team, can you guys come up? God, we are so grateful, Lord, for this simple message. But God, maybe just something that, that we needed to hear again. Maybe for some of us we look at prayer, scripture, worship, and fellowship as just one and another long list of things that you know is good for us, but we're not quite doing, at least not consistently. But God, maybe we can start to see. It's so important that we live the with God life. It's so important that we know in each and every moment, God, that you are with us, that we feel it in our bones, that we know it as a reality, that we will fight for it. We will make room for it. We will prioritize it. Because there is nothing better than the life with you. Thank you. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray.